It's time to write a new story. This is Success Stories with Madison Piper. It's the place where women discuss how to make an impact. Here's your host, Madison Piper. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another success interview. I'm your host, Madison Piper, and today's guest is really special. To say that she's a woman of many talents is a gross understatement, as she was discovered on Oprah for something a little bit crazy. She started off as a dental hygienist. She's been a reporter on the red carpet, on reality television, and now she's the chief kindness officer for Kind Lending. Mindy, thank you for joining us here today. I'm so excited to speak with you. Nice to sit down with you, Madison. Wow, thanks for that little intro. Of course, of course. I'm not going to make you do what you were discovered on Oprah for. Oh, you're not, because everybody does. They do? (laughs) Yes, it seems like everybody does. Your animal calls are uncanny, I have to say that. I know, it's kind of weird, isn't it? It is weird. You know what, though? I I have a... I recently went to a, a conference and this gentleman wrote this book called the, the Promise. I think it's called the One the Promise to the One Yourself. And he's like, find your weird, find that thing in you that's the weirdest thing and bring it out. Let it shine because you never know what that part of you, that crazy, that weird is going to open a door or create mm-hmm. opportunity. And I think a lot of people are scared to show that weird, to show that part like, oh, that's weird. That's quirky. I'm like, no, I'm embarrassed. But if I hadn't this spoke up, barked, or, you know, made a noise, I, I wouldn't be sitting where I am today. I wouldn't have had the successful career that I had in media and television and radio and film. I mean, all of this came from working like a dog. How did you find the confidence <laughs> to get up there and do that on national TV? Because you were, at the time, you were a dental hygienist, right? I was. I okay. had moved to Chicago to live with a fiance. I followed uh, my heart to Chicago. And my mom got tickets to the Oprah Winfrey show and we were just in the audience. And so I didn't really have the, I was terrified because my mom had a plan. Always sometimes good to have someone else who has a plan because sometimes you don't even see your own, but she believed in me. And there was a moment that came out in the show before the show started where they invited the audience to entertain the rest of us until Oprah was ready because they were running behind schedule. And that just, it was, it was the door that opened the noises flew out. It got the attention of the producer. And then I found myself on stage. You know, I was mm-hmm. just sitting back in the audience. And then Oprah was in her dressing room, saw it. And then that was the beginning of the total change of course of my life. That's so, amazing. So yeah. what happened after that? What happened right after the Oprah? Right after the Oprah. Well, I was living in Chicago, doing dental hygiene, planning to get married in a year or so. Um, and what happened from that was my mom had gone to the local station in Oregon. I'm from a little town called Forest Grove out in Portland, Oregon. Uh, and it just opened up these doors. I started getting a lot of radio stations calling me and, and wanting to have me on their show and just like, uh, you know, sound effects, it's, you know, it's radio. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's quirky and it's fun. And so I became the sound effects girl that they would have on and they do these silly things. And I was interviewing all over the world, different radio stations would call, and it just kind of snowballed from there. Then a, then a radio job opened up. I ended up on a morning show, Mike and Mindy in the morning in Michigan, and I did that until Oprah's people called and said, what's happened in your life since you were on our show a year ago? I'm like, oh my God, I'm living my dream. Here I am. I always wanted to be in radio, and it just ended up from, you know, showing my weird self. (laughs) You know, you never know what it's going to do. And then from there, it went on to a television job, filling in for someone as an entertainment reporter in Portland, Oregon, little uh, TV station, Good Day, Oregon. I did that for a few months before I uh, was able to find an opportunity in Los Angeles. I had interviewed Oprah for a movie that she had produced and starred in. Serendipity brought me back in front of her again. And the next thing you know, I'm sitting 
in a chair next to Mary Hart at Entertainment Tonight, like the most popular entertainment news station in the world. And I just pinched myself because it just, it was an incredible ride and I couldn't believe I was on it. But all along the way, I was, I was grateful, grateful for each moment, each opportunity, each person I met. And I never took for granted how special that opportunity was. So that's, and here I am now. Here we are. I mean, that's really incredible. And it's true. Like one, you never know what door is going to open when mm-hmm. another one closes and doors just keep opening one after another if you allow them to. And yeah. it's really, it's really amazing how something so silly was able to create an entire career for yourself. I mean, you ended up with your own morning show. Then you ended up on television in Los Angeles reporting on the red carpet. Yeah. In one of my favorite movies, Princess Diaries, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> And then now, flash forward, you are the chief kindness officer for Kind Lending. Now, that's yeah. something I want to talk to you about because I want to talk a little bit about what the word kind means mm-hmm. to you. Okay. You know what? It's, <clears throat> it means a lot. I mean, it's a general concept. I mm-hmm. think people think of kind as being nice, as being considerate, you know, just do things for other people. I think a lot of people confuse the meaning of kind with being nice. And mm-hmm. I sometimes think they confuse being kind with being weak. Oh, if they're, they're too nice or they're too kind, they're weak. When in fact, being kind is extremely powerful because it's a choice. It's an action. It's elevating another person and taking the focus off yourself. It's looking for what's best for another person and how they exist and how they live. And then you also um, look at like being nice. It's, it's nice to say, oh, you look nice, or I, I'm not going to break up with you right now because I don't want to hurt your feelings, or I, I'm not going to tell you the truth because I don't want to make you feel bad. That's just being nice, but it's really not kind. Mm-hmm. It's more kind to hold people accountable, tell the hard truth, do the hard thing sometimes. And it's kind to do it with the consideration of someone else's best interest. Sometimes I think being nice is selfish. Being kind is the most unselfish thing you can be. And there's great power in that. You know, I've never heard it put that way because a lot of people think that kindness and niceness, they're like synonymous, but they're really mutually exclusive. So, I believe that. I mean, that said, do you think that there's a difference between kindness and passiveness? Um, I, passive is is a place where you can sit and not and do. There's no action involved mm-hmm. in passiveness. It's 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 being exactly that. You're being passive. You're not doing anything. You're you're going around behind the scenes. You're under the veil. You're not shining the light. With kindness, you actually are shining the light, but it's not on you. You're bringing attention and focus to another person, another cause, another way of being. Uh, you know, it's an action that that continues to bring good feelings about in the world. So I think kindness is a very powerful action statement and being kind. And, and um, passive doesn't really get you anywhere, but kindness mm-hmm creates incredible ripples. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you, you don't do kind to get something back. You're not, you shouldn't be kind to get something in return. Kind is an altruistic way of existing where you, you literally think this is for someone else. And I'm considering you, you're a separate entity from me. And maybe you need a smile. Maybe you need a thank you. Maybe you need a piece of gratitude. I don't do it for me, but amazing what happens to me when I take the time to consider another person. You know, I, I think that 
when you're considering other people, like you, you're really changing the lives of people, you know, you never know how far an extension of kindness may go. I think it was Amelia Earhart uses the analogy of the tree, you know, you, you spread kindness, it spreads roots in all sorts of different places. And yeah. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that and about random acts of kindness in the workplace and how you use kind lending to create that kind of atmosphere for your employees. You know, when we first started this process, you know, Glenn was very interested in kind lending as a name, as a title. I, I, my suggestion was what about underdog mortgage? Cause he'd just come <laughs> off the show and I'm like, we're kind of the underdog. We're rising up again. And, but he really, he's always been a visionary and had really good um, ideas for how things, how kind of what the trend is, what the world needs, mm-hmm. what, what works. And um, so when he asked me to be part of it, it was, um, it was a fun It was a fun opportunity for me to jump into the space before because I had seen him build Stearns and it was, we went through 2007 and it just was a rough time, but I was more of an ancillary position. I wasn't directly engaged in the culture and I was kind of jumping in here and there. So to take a more active role, I don't know, I felt like my whole life in some ways prepared me for it because I, I, um, my father was kind. My parents were kind people. They taught me to be nice to others, consider others. And so these were lessons that I'd grown with and it always had implemented in my life. And it just was part of my second nature. And maybe it's not of everybody's. Maybe everybody doesn't have that upbringing. And, and sometimes it's, it's, it's hard to get started mm-hmm. in kindness. So for us to have a, the concept of a company that says we are kind lending it holds us to a higher standard, which can be good and bad in some places because, you know, you look at all the other mortgage companies out there. They all have titles. It's a title. It's not an act. It's not an action step. It's not an expectation. So when they come to us, there's a high expectation for how their experience is going to be. And we do the best we can to provide that experience. But also sometimes, you know, hey, some things are hard, like you have to go through changes in businesses and things have to switch and it doesn't feel kind, but it really is kind because you're protecting everyone as a whole and you're really looking out for the best interest of the company. Mm-hmm. And so with kindness, we've implemented in ways that um, employees have a voice, employees have, are considered, they're heard, they're listened to, they're actively um communicated with. That part of my role is to reach out and welcome new hires. I call every new hire. Welcome to the family. I'd love to get to know you. I'm going to send you a questionnaire. Here's all the fun things that I'd love to know about you. Let's get to know you. Why are you here? What is, what's your goals? What are your dreams? That's why people show up every day. Mm-hmm. You know, we are, we do get a paycheck, but there's a reason we're getting a paycheck because we have goals and visions. You want to get a house. You want to buy your parents' house. You want to retire. You want to set up a savings. You want to travel. I mean, everyone has a dream. And in the questionnaire, I asked, what's your bucket list travel destination? So they have them thinking of what are those things that they want to do and why they show up every day. So part of getting to know the employees is creating these opportunities for them to really think about their lives. What's important in a workplace? What have you seen before? So that, you know, that's just one of the aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, the others are you know, reaching out when people have had personal things happen in their lives and, and reaching out and calling and checking in. How are things going? How are you feeling? What's going on in your world? Hey, I heard something you know, happen. Sending flowers. You know, on my survey, I get to create fun birthdays. We celebrate birthdays and create things based on what they like. It makes it very personal. 
And I think people at the end of the day just want to feel like they matter, mm-hmm. like their existence is important and that they matter. And we, it's so important for me to make sure our employees know how much they matter. Cause without them, this wouldn't exist. You know, you're so right. I mean, at the bottom of everything, everybody wants to feel like they matter. And I think that a lot of people don't experience that in the workplace, mm-hmm. you know, their executives, the leadership taking a big interest in their life. And that's, you know, it's really unique that you take such an interest in all of your employees. But what would you say to a company that maybe hasn't adopted something like that yet? And how can they start? Well, there are ways to, as companies, um, we are looking to implement a program soon called the Bridge Program, where we let our employees, like they volunteer their time and then the company will help match a dollar amount for every hour that they volunteer time at a cause that they believe in. So these are ways to implement programs where you can say, let's spread some kindness. This person goes out anyway, they volunteer. Guess what? We're going to put money behind their actions so that they can present something to that organization on their behalf. It's almost like they're earning dollars for the company in addition to the time they put in. And then I think there are ways to just, um, you know, most companies have a tiered system where you have direct managers and it's, it's nice if managers are somewhat, you know, invested in their team because Mm -hmm. this business is about relationships, Madison. It's like, if we don't have relationships, what are we? We're just a vessel plowing through the water, but you need a team and the relationships to make it go like, Mm -hmm. and to make the journey more exciting and fun. And I think at the end of the day, if you don't have people, you don't have anything. You don't have profits. Mm -hmm. You don't have any of that. You don't have a company. You don't have success because success is about who you surround yourself with. And you also have to look around who are the people you surround yourself with. And sometimes in companies, there are people that maybe are culture killers, onboard terrorists. And the kind thing to do to the other employees is to maybe let those people go Mm -hmm. so that the people that are there that are dedicated, that contribute to the cause and the culture can feel like they were heard and that they matter. I mean, those types of things. And managers can send flowers. I mean, in this business, you see that a lot. The managers are very invested in their teams. So I think that's important. And I think sometimes you get, there are corporate models which can become very impersonal. And I think people just want to feel like they do matter, like I mm-hmm. said. And, um, that is happens on a small level when people start doing little things for each other, considering the people they're next to, their colleague in their cube next to them or their executive office next to them. That's a human being. Mm-hmm. Check in, say hello, ask them how they are, bring them a coffee. Those are little ways where you can do those little acts of kindness that is a ripple effect. So from what I'm understanding, all of these random acts of kindness, everything that you do really plays into building relationships. That's what it boils down to is these relationships that you have with your employees and everything. So how does self-sacrifice, because self-sacrifice is part of any relationship at some point or another. So how does self-sacrifice play into kindness and business and leadership? Um, well, I think you see a lot of self-sacrifice and in, in, look at leaders like Costco leadership. I mean, the CEO takes a lesser paycheck because he wants his employees to have higher wages and better benefits. And when you look at that and look at um, Chick-fil-A, they take Sundays off because they allow their employees to have a day of rest and they could be making 
a lot of money on a Sunday. I can't tell you how many kids, my kids want to go, let's get Chick-fil-A. Oh, it's Sunday. You know, so they're missing out on a huge revenue stream, but they're allowing their employees to have things that are important to them. And I think that's what's important is finding ways for your employees to say, hey, your life is important. The work-life balance is important. I mean, we have raffles. We do a vibe call every month and we give away paid time off. Like you get to win an extra paid time off day. You know, that employee might be gone for a day when we weren't expecting, but they feel like they va- their hard work mm-hmm. is being valued and rewarded. Um, you know, Glenn and I have, you know, if there's things ha- like for us, instance, like if you have something happen in the company that upset someone's life, we've chipped in and helped out until they were able to get themselves in a better spot. I mean, wow. I think that it's important to, you know, it's not, and it's not every single person is having a crisis at the same time. Mm -hmm. Some people just have a crisis. And if you have a relationship, sometimes it's just, it's the right thing to do to help when help is needed. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a fine line too between, between getting too involved in an employee's life, because then you get really down in the mud and then you, you, there is a chain of command. Mm -hmm. There is a, there is an organization that happens and that keeps the flow of work going. So you really want to respect how that works and keep, make sure people are reporting to their managers Mm -hmm. and they don't feel like they can come right to me or Glenn and say, let's just change the world and the Mm -hmm. company, you know? So um, you know, that's the risk too, with being transparent and being an open door and mm-hmm. having that kind of communication. But it's important, you know, that we make sure that they are heard mm-hmm. and that their managers know there's, you know, things and let them refer them back to the areas that are need mm-hmm. to be tweaked if they will. And then I think just, it's just really just listen more, talk less mm-hmm. in every situation. I mean, it's a great line from Hamilton, but it's a great it's a great uh, mantra to live your whole life. Just mm-hmm. listen more, talk less. As I'm sitting here talking and talking and talking. <laughs> no, I love it. That's why we're here. <laughs> no, that's why we're here. But like, you know, it sounds like you're creating an environment and a space where people can come forward and be honest with things that are possibly going on in their life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's not very common. You know, in a lot of professional situations, somebody could have something really hard, really personal, personal tragedy, something going on in their life. And they feel uncomfortable bringing that up to management or Mm -hmm. executives asking for the day off and because they don't feel like it's going to be reciprocated well. They don't know how it's going to be taken. And so you guys are creating a space where that openness and honesty Mm -hmm. is okay. And I mean, this chief kindness officer role, (laughs) it sounds very new. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that you might be the first one. I think I might. (laughs) (laughs) That said, I mean, do you think that this leadership role is, you know, going to be the next overhaul in in the industry like do you think everybody needs a chief kindness officer I, you know i i it's interesting you ask that because since we have started we've heard of other positions opening up like chief people officer chief um culture officer mm-hmm. chief and these and you've seen i mean i know there's certain countries in scandinavia and other that they've kind of been doing this chief happiness officer if you will that's what my title was when we started. And then I had some fun with the title because I was the CHO. So I could go around, call myself the chief ho. <laughs> and I'd say, well, I'm sleeping with the boss. I mean, he's my husband. So, so you know, but then we said, okay, we have HR maybe now. So, <laughs> so we just kept it in the line with the title and it was just, just more fitting, but mm-hmm. it's, been, it's been fun to tell that story. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, my husband is the is the idea, a vision maker, the entrepreneur, this problem solver. He's in the grind of every day and making the decisions. And, you know, that's a lot of work for someone to have all that and then also be over here tapping into their left brain, you know, communication. Mm-hmm. Let's make people feel good. That is a huge role. So I think, you know, we, we balance each other out so well because what what he lacks, I bring to the table and what I lack, he brings to the table. And so we're a great team and we make things work. And I feel like that's been a lot of our success is playing to each other's strengths, allowing each other to exist in the space that they are in their greatest strengths. I think you need to do that with employees too. Let them find their greatest strengths and make room for them to grow and consider personally. Glenn and I have always said, you know, look, we're an open door. We want no answer. No question is off limits. And we we set that stage early because we want people to feel like we do care. Mm-hmm. And if, and if I can't help you get an answer, let me find someone in your, in your team that can help you, mm-hmm. you know? So, cause we're not problem solvers all the time, but we just want people, like I said, to reiterate, we want them to feel mm-hmm. heard and like they matter. Mm-hmm. That's so nice that, you know, you have, you have Glenn, who you said is like the idea generator mm-hmm. and then you're taking care of all of this and you have all the balance. There's mm-hmm. that synergy and balance. You bringing up Glenn actually brings me to another point, which is I want to talk about family, mm-hmm. specifically success and motherhood, because a lot of our listeners, a lot of our viewers are probably mothers or parents and, you know, they have careers. What is your number one tip for balancing success and parenthood? Oh, well, I was going to say besides tequila, but <laughs> um, I think... Um, it is a very delicate balance. I think um, I think being a mother is a work in progress. There is no college that you can go to to learn the education to be a mom. You can go be an executive. You can be a business person. You can be anything in the world. There's education everywhere. But mom, motherhood is the hardest one there is. And it's amazing and rewarding. Um, I have been very fortunate to have assistance Um And I'm still challenged because I want to be there for my kids' milestones. And I want to be there for picking them up from school and and that type of thing. And and my daughters who are in, one's in high school, they're teenagers, 13 and 16. My daughter says, mom, you don't have to work. Like, can't you? But then she's like, but then I see how happy you are. I see how much joy your job brings you. So I understand. So it's a whole Mm -hmm. because my job does bring meaning to me and my children see me doing something that I enjoy. And I think the most important thing a mom can do to show her children is how much you matter, how Mm -hmm. much I matter. I matter because if I don't make me matter, they're going to feel it. Mm -hmm. They're not going to get all of me. So me, I have to matter first. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably the hardest thing as a mom, because we give so much to everyone. We are everything to everybody. And then we get the short end of the stick. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think it's important for moms to take me time Mm -hmm. to go for a walk, go to the spa, go read a book, go breathe, go be by yourself, go with your friends, go out once a week. Give a date to yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, take yourself out, whether it's with friends or by yourself, 
Because those little moments when you're balancing a work-life balance, those are such crucial elements to help you get through the week. Because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of burnout in moms who are working, pulling jobs and motherhood and being a wife or, you know, running a household. And it's it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. So I think we need to give ourselves a little slack and give ourselves a little credit and gives ourselves permission to take time for me. Mm Because that is the most valuable time we have. You know, it's said sometimes that the most selfish thing that a parent can do is forget who they are. Yes. Right. And so I feel like a lot of people have this idea that they have to either be one or the other. They have to pick and choose. They can either Mm -hmm. be a success or they can be a parent, but you can be both. Now, I think that there's a little bit of confusion on what balance looks like. A lot of people don't believe in balance, Yeah. but balance can be, like you said, a push-pull. You pour into one cup when it really needs it, pour into the other when it really needs it. Is this something that you've had to experience? (laughs) The most common thing I've said to my children is, girls, Someday, some days I'm a good wife and a bad mom. And some days I'm a bad (laughs) wife and a good mom. And just guess what today it is today, Mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, sometimes I'm not available when Glenn needs me. And sometimes I'm not available when my kids need me. And they just know some days they're not going to get me. Mm -hmm. So I I set the expectation Mm -hmm. that they aren't going to get me all the time in a drop of a hat. And so I think in life, setting expectations is crucial in Mm -hmm. everything you do. In marriage, relationships, motherhood, families, business, you know, partnerships, if you set unreal expectations or if you expect too much out of something, you are going to set yourself up for disappointment and resentment Mm -hmm. when you expect too much. And if someone's given you no real expectations, it's it's human nature to expect a lot. Mm -hmm. But if if you can sit down and say, here, this is what I can give you. This is what how I'm available. And you can really set those expectations and say, you know, here's what we're going to do here, kids. You can expect I'm going to be here on Monday, Wednesday, this, but on Tuesday, this, someone else is going to be picking you up. So there's no surprises. And there's not like, Mm -hmm. like, well, she said she was going to be there. And I'm mad. I thought she was going to be here. And she's, you know, so I think managing, I guess that would be a better word, managing expectations is important. Well, when you set yourself to unrealistic expectations or hold yourself to unrealistic standards, I mean, ultimately, you're not only a disservice to yourself, but you're a disservice to others. So being Mm -hmm. honest with yourself, I guess, Mm -hmm. about where you can be, when you can be there. And when you're honest with yourself, you know, you're honest with everybody around you. And and you're right. Those expectations, they learn that that's when they're going to get you. And that's kind of where that balance comes from. But another thing I want to ask since you have daughters is, do you think that like your chief kindness officer, this legacy that you're leaving in kindness, have you been able to see that through your girls? You know what? I have a 13 year old right now and she does not think I'm the chief kindness officer. (laughs) So right now I'm probably the chief mean officer because mm-hmm. I'm setting rules and boundaries and, you know, which are kind. Mm-hmm. They don't feel good. I'm not being nice, but I'm setting some boundaries which are kind because I'm hoping to grow a very well-balanced, functional human being. Mm-hmm. So, um, but they see little ways of acts of kindness. They see us. I mean, my girls will stop and we'll bring food to homeless or they'll make me stop and turn the car around. Mom, let's go get food. And we'll go bring food to somebody in need. And we find ways to help others. And, you know, being that example is really important and showing my kids sometimes, sometimes mommy needs a timeout. I need to put myself in timeout, you Mm -hmm. know, and that's just 
in order for me to come back and be a better mom, I, I need a timeout, you mm-hmm. know? So showing kids self-care is important too. Mm-hmm. Cause they're not going to learn it if you don't show it to them. You can yeah. talk all you want, take care of yourself, take care of yourself, but you're running yourself ragged. You're not getting rest. You're not exercising. You're not eating right. You're, you know, being down on yourself. Get, you're not teaching mm-hmm. them anything. Yeah. So that's where that balance is. Just get a me date. Mm-hmm. Once a week, find a me date. Can you say that louder for the people in the back? Girls, men, <laughs> ladies, moms, dads, you need to make a date with yourself. Well, self-care isn't selfish. Yeah, no, it's not. I mean, the kind thing to do, we were talking about kindness. You want to be kind to everybody else. You have to be kind to yourself mm-hmm. too. And self-care is, I guess, one of the best ways that you can be kind to yourself. And another way to be kind is to just give yourself a break. Mm-hmm. don't be so hard on yourself. You're doing the best you can. We're all doing the best we can right now. And it, we're coming out of a weird world, a weird couple years. We're trying to figure out the work life, remote home. You know, where are we going now? Now I think priorities have come back and people are like, wow, I had some time. I, there's things that are more important to me that I really want to make sure that balance is important. Maybe they're not grinding as hard as they were. And some are grinding harder because they they see that putting in these hard work efforts really bears fruit, mm-hmm. you know? And I think we're just in a, in a great consciousness of really like going, what is the most important thing right now? Mm-hmm. And how, do, and where do I fit in this big equation of this world? And uh, there's just a lot of questions right now. I think people just need to give themselves some grace mm-hmm. and just be okay. Cause this time this too shall pass. Yeah. And you said, what is the most important thing right now? And I mean, I think that's a really hard question to answer, but Mm -hmm. I do have a similar one. So I, you know, I hope that's okay that I throw this at you. I want to know with all of these impacts that you're making in the world, because I know that you're really involved in a lot of philanthropies, you're really involved in this kindness initiative. What is the one impact that you want to leave on your legacy? You know, there's a lot of division in the world that breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. I think we're all seeking somewhere to find truth and we find truth in false facts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what's happened is we are not kind to each other. Mm-hmm. I would love to see people take more time and seek to understand rather than to be understood. I think if we all took a little more time to listen and try to understand other people's point of view rather than to try to push our own point of view, I think we're going to have a much better experience Mm -hmm. in life. And I would just love to see more consideration for why people do what they do and not so much yelling and talking and keyboard warrioring Mm -hmm. rather than ask more questions, be more interested. Mm -hmm. We're all human beings that just want to matter, want to feel love, want to feel connected. So I'd ask people, what are you doing to make people feel connected? Mm -hmm. How are you enhancing another person's experience? And are you really listening? Because I think we need to listen more. Mm -hmm. I think what you just said is probably tugging at the hearts of all of our listeners and viewers. I mean, I think that you're right. I think a lot of the time people get stuck in this world where we're talking at people, not mm-hmm. talking to people. Talking is, with people. Right. Let's have a conversation. Mm-hmm. The conversation's both ways. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, you know, we're stuck on the keyboards and everyone's just like, they see something, they feel safe in this zone. Like, but is it kind? Stop mm-hmm. and ask yourself, is what I'm about to say, is it kind? Mm-hmm. 
Is it supportive? Mm -hmm. Is it inquisitive? Mm -hmm. Does it show that I care? And so many people have fear and they act out of fear, like Mm -hmm. feel fear, but jump through it and find the love because every, every emotion in life comes from one of two places. It either comes from fear or it comes from love. Mm -hmm. That's it. So your actions, ask yourself, is this action coming from fear or love? Mm -hmm. Anger is from fear. Hostility is from fear. Insecurity is from fear. Um, All that is from fear. Love is inquisitive, considerate, kind. Mm -hmm. It is all things. It is the things when you look outside yourself. So I think you just, the question to say, whoa, what is, what, what I'm about to say, does it come from love or is it fear? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I, that's a really great question to ask yourself. And I've never like really thought of it that way because that opens, you know, the, it answers a lot of other questions too. When you answer, is it, is this through fear or is this through love? And I think in addition to just talking, that goes into the things that we do too, right? Mm-hmm. Or the things that we do is what I'm about to do through fear or is it through love? But mm-hmm. Mindy, I have enjoyed this conversation with Me you too. so much. Thank You're you. so profound. You're making such a big difference. Oh, and wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm my serious. kids might beg to differ, but one day, one day. <laughs> well, we really, we really love you here at Success. We oh. loved you when you graced the cover of Success that felt in 2021. Special. I it, felt it honored. Was, Oh, I'm so happy to know that. It was really great. And we want everybody to read your story, to hear more from you. So if you want to learn more about Mindy and her husband, Glenn Stearns, you can visit www.success.com. And Mindy, thank you again for joining us here today. This was so special. Thanks, Madison. Thank you. This has been Success Stories with Madison Piper. If you like what you're hearing, hit subscribe, drop a review, and tell your friends. If you'd like to hear more shows like this one, go to success.com slash podcasts.